Welcome to the Construction Pals Podcast, brought to you by Blue Tape, your source for the latest in the construction world. Hard hats off, headphones on, and let's get started. Jason, back again, host of the Blue Tape Podcast, where we bring together industry experts and community members to talk about all the important issues in the construction industry. This is a two-part podcast, so if you missed the first one, there's a link below that you can click into to understand our initial discussion with Craig Webb, who's joining us again. He's the founder of Web Analytics. In our first discussion, uh, Craig and I talked about building a resilient construction supply chain post-pandemic. Uh, and Craig, there were some eye-opening statistics, uh, I think, for all of us that added a ton of value and helped really pave the way for this next discussion. And you know, as we begin and look at future-proofing, what it takes to future-proof uh, your construction business, I, I'd like to open with a quote here. It's not the beauty of a building you should look at. It's the construction of the foundation that will stand the test of time. And I say that because foundation is a big deal, because whatever you're implementing today, Regardless if it's hardware or software, the foundational elements are absolutely critical to future-proofing and uh, improving, really reducing the variance and variability in the process. So I'd like to begin this discussion. If you can, you know, we know what we can expect for, for businesses in the supply chain and construction. We talked about that in episode one. But what are the main tendencies you're seeing uh, as the economy reactivates when it comes to building and more importantly, uh, project development credit? Well, I would say that in some ways we've had a back to basics movement that's been going on here. Whenever you have turbulent seas, uh, making sure that you're you've battened down the hatches and and, and have processes in place uh, truly uh, matter a great deal. I think that uh, that on the builder and remodeling side, uh, they are being reminded again and again that uh, cash is king. Uh, having cash flow that you can that can help you keep going for months at a time really matters. That um, there is no real benefit in being a loss leader <laughs> because you want every project to make money, uh, and and so consequently, just thinking about those basic issues help you avoid being those uh, one out of nine companies that I talked about earlier that that go out of business every year. On the dealer side. I think that there is much more of a discussion these days about uh, figuring what really is most important, which is having product to sell. Uh, the price that you have it to sell at, it, there, there's a little less gamesmanship going on there and a lot more work on, on making sure that they can meet their customers' needs and communicate with them regularly so that everybody in the supply chain knows what's happening. Yeah, and, and this, obviously the supply chain that we talked about in the first episode is quite complex. Um, it's clearly a turbulent environment right now, unlike what we've seen in a long time. If you look at the landscape, right, clearly you've got a lot of these small, uh, a lot of minority women-owned contractors that are out there looking to make an impact, looking to expand and work on more projects. We touched on in the last call a little bit about the upcoming infrastructure uh, bill, and, and there'll be a lot of folks that want to get engaged and support there. And then you've got big general contractors, builders, and more, let's, let's call them electrical contractors and mechanicals that are focused within different regions, Craig. Um, when you think about this, right, which ones are here to stay from a contractor and builder perspective? Uh, you know, which ones might struggle? And 
how can they continue to adapt their business model to ensure that they can you know, ride this wave and, and profit uh, substantially and be able to hire and do all the things that a business would, would hope to do as having a payroll and not becoming the statistics that you talked about in the prior episode. Right. I would say that from a macroeconomic point of view, uh, uh, thinking about the small remodeler and builder, um, it is the, uh, it, 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 it's the remodeling and the repair and replacement work that probably has the greatest potential right now, in part because we have the greatest labor shortages in, in, in that group. Uh, and uh, the average home, uh, the median age of a home in America now is 39 years old, which means uh, that home probably dates back to the 1970s, 1980s, and has been pointed out to me by a number of people. We built a lot of really lousy homes in the 1970s. Uh, we, back then, we were building 2 million homes for all the baby boomers, and we were just putting them up as fast as we could. And they didn't think much about energy efficiency. They didn't think much about layout. They didn't think about uh, uh, making them tight uh, and, and the like. So consequently, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There are some, uh, second also, the baby boomers have more money than any other group. And if they're gonna stay in their homes because they wanna be near their grandchildren who are in the area, rather than go to Del Boca Vista down in Florida or something, then consequently, um, they're going to be spending money on fixing up their houses, so it's their forever house. Second group uh, to that is the new home construction market. Uh, the challenge there has more to do with the fact that uh, we have a shortage of affordable housing in this country, and there are a million reasons why we have an affordable housing challenge, but it's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, if you are a builder or a remodeler, uh, or if you are a uh, if you are a small builder, um, especially if you're in a rural area or an exurb or a suburban area, and you've got some land, I think you've got some good opportunities. If you're a production builder, um, well, you should really be doing well right now because you're the kind of person who can't afford, you know, to to handle the the slings and arrows of economic misfortune. Finally you get to the much bigger projects, the multifamily projects and the commercial projects. Both of those have been hurt by COVID and most predictions I see indicate that they will remain hurt by, uh, for, for many years to come because of the work from home movement, because of the notion that people are wanting to move to the suburbs to a single family detached house where the uh, possibility of you know, catching a virus is reduced. So if you focus on those areas, um, you'll there are still will there still will be work, but maybe not quite as much as you're used to. Um, and in, in some ways, the infrastructure bill that you were talking about, as well as some other things that they're talking about over at HUD, may 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 save your bacon, you know, on that front. Uh, not only that, but also as long as we continue to have a shortage of laborers on all of these types of projects, if you're into this business, you've got a much better chance of being in demand and having people ring your phone than um, other businesses. Yeah, it almost comes down to being able to control and manage the influx of opportunities and making sure that you're putting, uh, aligning resources and capabilities around the things that are going to you know, yield the best the best upside for the company and allow for expansion. And 
a couple of points there. I think I was reading, I think it was in Barron's, which is a Dow Jones company, like the Wall Street Journal, where you spent, uh, we spent some time uh, working on some engagements. I think baby boomers hold about 2.6 trillion uh, in buying power. Uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating statistic, obviously, and one of the wealthiest uh, generations to date, I believe. So that will play a role, especially when you talk about the trend uh, out to the suburbs and buying second homes, third homes, right? If, if you've been a diligent saver uh, over the years and, and have access to a lower interest rate environment, it's certainly favorable there. And, and we're seeing more of it. Uh, what also is, again, you know, the median age of a home in America, 39 years old. So didn't know that statistic. That is something to keep in mind. And, and obviously, it'll be, I'm very curious to see how home prices continue to move and fluctuate. I think I read that the average home price now uh, across the country is $370,000. Uh, so, so there's a lot of things. And remodeling, repair, replace, uh, clearly big potential there, which you've highlighted. Now, to accelerate and adapt towards these changes that you've talked about, any technologies you've highlight, and this can range from you know technologies that can support with material takeoffs and helping to estimate. Uh, it could be cloud, you know, cloud computing that can help with efficiency and, and other types of you know project management or collaboration. But be great, Craig, to get your perspective on the technologies that could be leveraged and implemented to maximize the upside, particularly for these remodelers and repair companies. Well, in the beginning, there was a carpenter's pencil. And a piece of paper. Not a bad thing, by the way. I'm still writing everything down myself. <laughs> well, in which they were they were doing all their calculations, writing them on two by fours. Uh, to that, we have slowly over time done some pretty astonishing things with regard to technology. Um, much of it made available as mobile computing and mobile devices work their way in. Um, Seeing your young face uh, probably tells me that you never had a Palm Pilot in your in your life. You may not even know what a Palm Pilot was, but when it came out, it was revolutionary. Um, the uh, all of the things you talked about better better estimating software, better uh, material takeoff software, better design software, better communications, uh, better ways to uh, handle things like. Uh, like your HR costs and the like, uh, easier ways to do all this on a smartphone. All of those things are coming along. To those, I also would add drones uh, and vehicles that uh, basically serve as your base station. You know, with their own with their own Wi-Fi systems and the like. Um, you know, we're at the point now where true portability is is becoming possible, and you can have conversations now that uh, with people and interactions with people that make you so much more efficient than you used to be. And that's a really vital thing because um, I, <laughs> there's one group I deal with and they talk about um, how, uh, what, 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 what people should aspire to in remodeling. And one of the things they say you should aspire to remodel, to, to, to aspire to in remodeling that most people are, fail to do is to work less than 55 hours a week. You know, so, you know, in other words, a 12-hour day is the norm in your business or an 11-hour day is the norm in your business. Um, uh, and so, consequently, a lot of the technology we're seeing also is going to make it possible for people to have a real life. 
Yeah. I mean, conversation to your point too, the, the tools in place. I mean, we have in a perfect world, I, I'd love to be sitting live with you having this dynamic and this discussion. Obviously we're aware of, there's a lot of, it's just more efficient all the way around, but certainly having a good dialogue and conversation, building that rapport. And there are some incredible tools out there and, and Zoom clearly is yeah. one of them. Let me, let me, if I may interrupt, let me give you an example of something that I'm seeing happen more and more often that, that COVID helped make possible and, and, and Zoom helped make possible. And that is the, uh, the kitchen consult. Uh, it used to be very common that if you were a kitchen and bath designer, you would work on a design and then drive to the customer's home and sit there at their kitchen table and work with them on the design. And they would look at your laptop and say they'd like to have this or they'd like to have a little bit of that. And by the time you got done, you as the consultant and the designer would maybe go out to one person a night. Well, now, with the, because people are used to Zoom, because people are much more used to seeing things pop up on their screen, you as the designer can have maybe two meetings a night, maybe even three meetings in a night, you know, an hour with each customer, that sort of thing. Uh, and and you're, you're using the software to show them things on the screen just like you were before, except they, they maybe they're broadcasting it to, the, to their big TV set. And we've got higher definition systems and better, better software so they can get a better idea of what's, what's going on uh, and what's available. Those are all examples of, of how technology is, is going to be making things a little bit easier and a little faster in the future. Uh, the, the idea of the kitchen consult and how technology is accelerated is great. And look, at the end of the day, uh, we know how important body language is. It's a powerful tool. Uh, body language has been there even before, before speech. And a lot of what you understand or pull out of a conversation is read through uh, the body. That's certainly something I think that you know, we, we may be missing in certain cases. Definitely. It's an element that I know in the construction space, as you kind of have that engagement, have those discussions are good. But I think ultimately the acceleration to these tools is, a, is undoubtedly a net positive in what it allowed, what we're able and, to and, and, and it could be argued, Yeah, and, and it could be argued that um, maybe what the Zoom call is for is the second meeting, sure. the third meeting, whereas the first meeting is still in person. And That's you get right. their you you get their body language, you get their personality, you make that personal connection because they've come into the store. But then when you're trying to refine things get to the next level, make a decision about, you know, what kind of, what kind of cabinet style you want to have. Maybe because you've already got that relationship going, you can use that. You can use it uh, online. Yeah. You want to build, I, I agree with you 100%. If you can have that first meeting in person, the rest predominantly, right. You build that bridge. Uh, and then all the subsequent conversations essentially enrich the overall understanding and improve that the, the trust and the bond that is formed between um, the, the individuals that are engaged. So what you hit on is, is superb. And I, I've seen it more and more, the different drones that are engaged, especially here in New York City. Uh, when I've walked by or been on some construction job sites, you see some of those drones. I'm very eager. I know our community is eager uh, to learn more about them and hear about some of the new technologies coming. Um, as we approach, Craig, kind of the last couple of items of our discussion, Right. We really want to focus here on, again, challenges and solutions 
that builders and contractors in particular are facing in this environment. We've talked and honed in on uh, a lot of different elements, and I'm sure we're going to have some overlap. But you know, kind of to close out, if you could hit on what you're seeing as those top couple of challenges for the builders and contractors, uh, and then we'll subsequently glide into and close out with recommended solutions, I think that would be a powerful and poignant way uh, to leave our audience with this, with these two sessions we've had. I would say the biggest issue that uh, remodelers and small builders face right now is the herky-jerky nature of what they do. They, they, it's almost like being in a, in a, in a traffic jam where you, you speed up and then you suddenly stop and you don't know when you're going to start again and, and, and the like. Uh, you know, it wastes gas, it, it, it wastes time, it, 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 you, your, your attention gets hurt. For a, a remodeler or small builder, the, the, the impact of this comes through things like uh, your cash flow. If you don't know when your check is going to arrive because it's dependent on your achieving certain parts of the job, finishing certain parts of the job, then, then you get hurt. Uh, it, it also uh, affects your ability to buy. And, and if you have poor communications with your suppliers, you may get surprised. I, I will tell you, frankly, the, the dealers get surprised. Uh, for them, every delivery is like Forrest Gump's box of chocolates. They, they, they ordered something, but they don't know what's going to be in the box until they get, they get it. And so <laughs> consequently, there's a, if you're not having good uh, close ties with your supplier, uh, then that's going to be a challenge too. So it's that herky-jerky nature of life right now that I think is the biggest challenge they're facing. Yeah, when I hear herky-jerky, I think like puzzle, ambiguity, uh, lacking clarity. And the, the interesting thing, Craig, a lot of times is the solution often turns out to be a beautiful one, especially in this space, right? When you see the finished product. Uh, and I know certainly haven't been engaged in, in looking at some of these projects across the country that tends to be the result uh, from a closing perspective. So you mentioned kind of the nature, uh, uncertainties around cash flows, definitely. So again, technology that comes that can come in there that would be prevalent and catch the eye and allow people to seamlessly transact their day-to-day their -day business. H how can they overcome the challenges? And where are some places people can look in this industry, in this space, to get those solutions. And I certainly want to use this as an opportunity, again, to highlight what you're doing at Web Analytics, some of the stuff that is coming on the horizon and pre-existing uh, documentation and communications that people in our network should be looking at to help them achieve these solutions. Well, when it comes to running a business, uh, one of my favorite publications for the, the remodeling community is something called the Journal of Light Construction. Uh, it's a publication that's put out uh, by by the same people that that used to publish my my lumberyard magazine, uh, and it has a phenomenal discussion forum. They just did a survey of several hundred builders and remodelers, asking them some of the same questions that you just asked me. So you know to get a to get a view from your community as to how you're solving these problems both online and in print, I'd say the Journal of Light Construction is a good way to go. There are roundtables and groups you can join. Uh, Remodeler's Advantage is one that I've been a big fan of. There also is something called the Certified Contractors Network, which is more for the um, 
community that does uh, roofing and 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 window replacement and siding replacement. Uh, that's that's got its own group. Uh, frequently, your vendors can help you too. Like, let's say, for example, you are a company that installs James Hardy siding, uh, which is a type of fiber cement siding. You know, if you buy enough of it, they invite you to a conference. They they provide information to you. So sometimes going to your vendor is, is good. And then finally, I would say, call on your dealer. You know, the, the, the dealer has usually been around there for, for, for donkey's years. They've been through these things. Uh, having good communications with your dealer, uh, both in, 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 in terms of telephone calls, sometimes in person, and, and ultimately through just text messaging is, is a great way to, to really keep up and, and keep warned. I said uh, on the first podcast, my, my job is to talk about trends and threats and opportunities. And I suppose in this case, what we've been going through lately is a lot of threats to your, your business flow. Uh, if you can use these other things and be forewarned, be forewarned, you're in better shape than you would be otherwise. Oh, appreciate it. We, we need desperately, right? The amber light is on in many instances, more so than ever before. There's a lot of uh, red flags that can easily be flipped to green with the right diligence, the right guidance. You, know, you talked about the Journal of Light Construction. Certainly calling on your dealer is valuable. And I encourage everybody in our community, right, to check out web webbb-analytics.com. We'll obviously be putting uh, some links in there so you can learn a little bit more about uh, Craig and the great work he's doing and the now available, I believe, LBM uh, Next Great Benchmark uh, you know, documentation. I think it's a 40-page report that essentially breaks down some of the key numbers that we talked about in these podcasts and allows you to really uh, dive in and do the, the necessary analysis and diligence. So Craig, uh, we are the entire Blue Tape community is sincerely uh, grateful. You spent a lot of time with us today. It was certainly, for me personally, very beneficial and uh, insightful and wishing you all the best and continue you know, uh, your generosity, your thoughtfulness, much appreciated. And I look forward to doing this again with you and hopefully in person. If not, uh, as you've said and made clear, we've got plenty of great digital tools to have a big impact for our community. So thank you for your time, Craig. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe for more episodes like this. For more information on Construction Pals podcast and Blue Tape, please visit bluetape.com.